Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Anatox, partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Sam Rochel from Auburn University. And today I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Ash Stenabalan uh, coming to us from uh, Canada today. Uh, nice to meet you, Ash. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you too. Yeah, this is uh, w- one of the first times we've really uh, had an opportunity to have an in-depth conversation, so so really looking forward to it. Um, just to help everyone get to know you, can you give us a little bit about uh, your background and how you got to where you are now? Sure. Um, so I went to the University of Guelph, so it's a school in Ontario, if everyone knows where that is. Um, I did my undergrad there, thought I wanted to be a vet, which I feel like is a pretty common you know, theory when you're from the city. And then I started doing small research projects and realized I loved the research and livestock aspect of it. Um, so then I started doing my master's in poultry nutrition and then just kind of kept going with it, did uh, some work with industry partners, and then that turned into a large PhD uh, experiment. Um, and then I just finished up in January and started working for a small feed mill in southwestern Ontario. So. Great. Congratulations. How has the Thank transition you. been from uh, graduate school into a, a practicing nutritionist? Uh, it's very exciting. Um, it's definitely, I've realized the fundamentals from grad school are amazing and it's great, but nothing in the research barn works as perfect <laughs> out in <laughs> when you're what? out on a farm. What? But it's great. It's, you know, that research mindset lets you ask the questions. It makes you really inquisitive. And I think that's really important when you get out to those farms and you're asking the right questions and asking a lot of questions. Uh, so that part has really stuck with me. But Yeah. Yeah. Very good. No, I bet that's exciting and I uh, wish you uh, all the luck in as you continue to transition into that, that role. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Uh, well, hey, I'm excited to talk to you about uh, the research we're going to discuss today because uh, we have a unique opportunity to talk about some breeder research, which is what you've been involved in, um, you know, just due to the nature of the the timeline and the expense and the facilities required for boiler breeder research. We don't see much of that uh, going on, uh, but fortunately, you were able to, to do uh, some neat projects there. So look forward to hearing about that. So tell us a little bit about uh, the project we're going to discuss today. Yeah, so we'll kind of cover the project um, that expanded over my master's and my PhD. And it was basically trying to feed broiler breeders like different forms of omega-3 fatty acids over their life and saw, trying to see if we could increase broiler health, response to coxie challenges, um, just see how we affect uh, the offspring. So a little bit about right. epigenetics, some nutrition. Yeah, very good. Uh, and, and which particular fatty acids were you looking at? So we used two farms. We used microalgae to try and get that DHA supplementation. And then we used uh, ground flaxseed to get some ALA. And so okay. that was a, a little bit of practicality. With, we wanted to make it industry applicable. So being conscious of costs as well. So 
is it better to use flax and still get the same results? So right. that was the yeah. thought process behind that. And so I was looking at a, at a summary of one of your projects and you were able to feed uh, pullets all the way through uh, processed broilers, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a cool project. It was like 70 weeks long. <laughs> so spent a lot of, like you said, breeder research, I think is quite overlooked because of the length of time you have to commit to it. But yeah, so we got uh, breeder pullets. We reared them up until 64 weeks and then the set and hatched progeny at four different time points. And that was to see the maternal age effect because, you know, we know as breeders get older, they're not as productive. We see a little bit more health challenges in the broilers, but with us having to use every egg we can get our hands on currently, uh, it seemed like very applicable. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense. Very good. So did you see uh, any differences in the response um, when you're looking at an uh, older breeder versus a younger breeder in your dietary treatments? Yeah, so it's like the um, older breeders benefited more from the use of omega-3s, and I we kind of attributed that to, you know, we expect health issues in older breeders, um, so we expect the those broilers to maybe come with a little bit of E. coli, a little bit um, poor skeletal formation. So we did find that the use of omega-3s really seemed to be most helpful in the older birds. Okay. And was that more on egg production or fertility or both? Uh, So fertility, for sure. Um, We did feed the roosters the same omega-3 diets. So that was another piece that I think retrospectively, I would have looked into more in terms of where we, who were we affecting on the parental side of it? Was it because there is some research around sperm motility in roosters with omega-3? Um, so that part, I wish we had looked into a little bit more. But we also found that the broilers responded um, better to their coxie challenge from older breeders who are fed omega so, yeah, yeah, it was cool. On the on the coxie response, um, you're basing that mainly on the performance, how their performance rebounded from the challenge, or, or how did you evaluate that? So we did two challenges. We did a high dose challenge um, to see the acute response, and we did lesion scoring, uh, immunoglobulin response on that end, and then we did a low dose as well for the rest of the birds to kind of create would be a subclinical challenge that you would see out on farms. So we kind of got the full picture that way and we got the how do we respond acutely and then how do we respond to that subclinical, can we bounce back? So a combination. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And then I saw from your uh, summary that you saw even some processing effects, I think, maybe for the ALA at the very end of, of this very long trial. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. And honestly, in my, I wasn't really expecting to see a difference in breast yield or carcass quality. Um, we kind of attributed that to the response to coxie. So they were the subclinically challenged ones who are fed ALA seem to be able to bounce back a little bit better. So... That was kind of what we attributed that aspect to, but it was really cool to see. Yeah, very neat. And so, you know, you mentioned the 
kind of thinking about this from an epigenetic standpoint, um, do you think that when you look at, you know, different combinations in the chicks versus uh, in the breeders, do you think that you saw any uh, differential responses in the way that uh, the, the chicks responded to the to the omega-3s based on what the the hen was fed? Yeah, so we um, separated out the data for like a manuscript that we're working on because there were, I think, over 15 treatments that we were working with. And then we kind of narrowed it down to, okay, what if we just fed the mothers and didn't feed the offspring? Uh, and we noticed that we still kind of saw that same response in terms of improving chick response to uh, coxie and also growth performance. And skeletal formation was a big one. I know there's a lot of research around omega-3s and how it affects bone development. And with fast-growing broilers, that was so once we separated out that data, we did see that there was a maternal influence on it. Okay. So, yeah. Very yeah, good. It was cool. It was cool. And, you know, I think omega-3s are a great one to look at in terms of breeder nutrition because eggs are so unique where all that nutrient that you pack in an egg is all that chick is dependent on to grow. So we can really quantify what we're putting in and how that's being absorbed and taken out so yeah yeah great all right well thanks again and uh thanks to you all for uh joining us um on on the poultry nutrition black belt uh, podcast and look forward to uh seeing you on the next one thank you